Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. Welcome to the Procane Business Podcast. We are here, privileged to be with Nick Walsh today. I feel like because we spoke to another Nick last week, we're going to have to make this very clear in the in the podcast feed, which Nick is which. We can even call it which Nick. Um, anyway, Nick is a gym owner, personal trainer, and he's transitioned over the last year into being a full-time online coach. And the reason we wanted to speak with him is because he's a guy who we've been working with for the last few months. And his execution of this stuff has been fantastic. He's got really good results for his clients. He's built a really strong personal brand. And every every component of the whole thing has just really come together so nicely for Nick. And we thought there's a lot of lessons that, um, that you guys can learn from how he's made this transition. So Nick, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's good to speak to you, probably. So Nick, can you give us a bit of a background on who you are, who you work with, and what you do at the minute? Sure, yeah. So I'll, I'll kind of take you back to, to the early days. So my, my path was I, I got into training, the typical bodybuilder path, where I was uh, reading a lot of bodybuilding.com and, and going to the gym as much as I could, drinking Jack 3D, <laughs> and then decided that I quite like personal training. So I started doing some personal training um, in a gym. And I got together with two other guys who, who were in a similar industry to me at the time. We decided we wanted to set up a personal training studio. So we got together and, and that went quite well. Um, so well, in fact, that we decided to, to upgrade and, and make it into a gym. So we took that on board and uh, followed that path for a while. Um, the gym is actually still running now. They've just been uh, merged with another gym in London, really called W10. So congratulations to those guys. Um, but yeah, I followed that path for a little while and then decided that I wanted to, to step away and, and try out different things, uh, which is when I transitioned to, to being an online coach. Nice. And what was it that triggered the like wanting to switch from from gym owner to coach? I think when you're when you're starting a gym, um, it is almost a passion of mine to to do something like that because that is every gym lad's dream, I guess. But once you're in it, the, the hours are long, and you're you are very much in the business. Um, so whilst I was in in the gym and working for the gym, I actually started building up a small online client base just outside of, of my area um, and I pushed that forward for a little while and thought, you know what, this actually seems like something that I could potentially be doing um, more and follow the path that I actually want to leave in my life rather than running a gym. So I went along with that for a while. It's something that we really nearly did is oh, start really? a gym. Yeah, we're very close. I think we're, well, I don't know, it's hard to say I'm glad I didn't do that because we didn't do it. So I don't know whether it would have been the right thing or not to do. But I think a lot of people we work with who either run a gym or have run a gym or been part of gym operations say that kind of the vision of it is very different to the kind of cleaning the toilets, doing the long hours reality. 
Absolutely. I, th- I think it, it was nice to have something to to say that it was yours, almost like a brick and mortar business that you can be proud of. It's like, I'm, I'm a gym owner. Uh, but once you're doing it, it's a lot more scary and you're not actually doing the stuff that you think you'd be doing. You're dealing with uh, paying staff every day, cleaning, like Johnny just said. And it's just all like the insurance, the nitty gritty stuff. And most of my, my day-to-day stuff was accounting and paying people. Mm. So it's, it's not exactly what you expect it to be. Which is rubbish, isn't it? Like you don't want to be paying. You want people to pay you, not to have to pay other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly that. I think it's very similar to the the whole e-myth revisited thing where mm. you start off running a bakery because you like baking and you like bread and pastries and things. And then before yeah. you know it, you're in over your head and actually you're spending most of your time doing bookkeeping about baking and not actually doing the baking. Exactly. Um, and yeah, I, I, I do. There's a little pang of like, oh, that would be nice when I see people that have got a boutique gym studio or some somewhere that's like, oh, you know, this is like walsh fitness central and you can go there and, and it's, it's like it's fully your own you can customize it you can have like whatever murals you want on the wall and that kind of thing and it's kind of like your baby but as you said it hamstrings you at the same time because then you have to always physically be present or at least pay a staff member to be present i guess kind of the difference between renting somewhere where all of the hassle and the ball ache is taken care of by a landlord you know a pipe bursts and you're like not my problem i just pay the rent and i'm kind of sorted compared to buying a house where you can actually fully customize it and it becomes your own, but comes along with so much extra hassle as well. So it it seems like it was a lifestyle choice for you. Absolutely. I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say next, because it it started feeling almost a little bit old school. My interests were, I mean, I was was interested in coding. I had some like little side projects, which were e-commerce stores and things like that. So it wasn't really... Although I could use a lot of the the marketing stuff with 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 the gym, it wasn't really the path that I wanted to be on after a few years of doing that. So when I saw saw the option of online coaching, I thought, well, I can combine my interests and what I learned through my interests, and then push that a little bit more. This is actually why I think you've been so successful with applying um, applying the methods that that we've we've been using to to grow your business because you're somebody that has a portfolio of different skills that. I guess on paper seem like they're not fully related, but actually you've been able to really leverage them all um, to create something greater than the sum of its parts. And I think seeing that and seeing how it's how it's come out as this really well-oiled machine at, at the other end of it, it's been fantastic. You, I mean, you're running this app as well. Can you tell yes. us about that? Yeah, so I mean, I guess <clears throat> before I, I came to you guys, I, this was always a, a dream of mine where I wanted to put, my, I guess, my own brain into, into an app or a bot that would help people with online coaching. So almost remove the human aspect of online coaching. So have the, the weekly check-ins with the bot. They'd adjust the, the macros for somebody um, and guide them through the process. Um, because I was thinking with a lot of the time, these people are coming board, especially some of my, my clients now after working with you guys, it's all in the system. And a lot of the time you don't even really spend time with them. Like the whole system set up so that they can get results and they can do it on their own. And so I wanted to create that through through a bot. And Facebook have made some changes recently just before lockdown. So we do need to go in there and, and work on those. But um, I'm quite excited about that project. I suppose like looking at it from a systems thinking perspective rather than a coach perspective and having absolutely. a different different hat absolutely. on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, don't get me wrong, like if, if I was speaking to another coach that was, was looking to, to come into the fitness business, I wouldn't say do it that way straight away. You need to, to get into... Um, the education aspects and actually learn about all that stuff. Like I was going to the 
Alan Aragorn seminars. I was going to 3DMJ seminars. I was learning as much as I could about being a coach and, and the actual education. And I think that's what's really helped me be more confident with the service that I've now created because I can put that into a system and I know it will work. And it's got the education behind it. We were probably at the same seminars, I imagine. I think we were, yeah. I, actually, I, was, I was speaking to, to, to one of my friends who, who I ran the gym with and I was telling you that I was working with you guys. And he was like, oh, they were at um, Alan Aragorn. So what I loved about the Alan Aragon seminar, <laughs> it, it happens quite a lot with these kind of conferences because you get like a big mixture of people that turn up in the audience and you always get at least five questions over the weekend that are someone puts their hand up and they say it's a question, but actually it's just a five minute ramble about themselves with no question at the end of it. Yeah, that was quite and, a lot, didn't it? <laughs> and it leaves Alan in this in this position where he's got to then like try and <laughs> try and fumble an answer based on a few key words that this person said. Yeah, I remember one particular moment where someone was asking a question and it was clearly uh, pointing like um, mentioning somebody else that was in the room at the time, and it'd been really awkward. I don't know if you guys picked up on that, but no, uh, it was like one coach asking a question about something that another coach was doing at the time. And this, this coach was very well known at that point. Um, but I think they were just well known for selling cookie cutter plans. Oh, I, um, I, don't, I don't think they're in the industry anymore, but that person was, was calling that other person out. And it was quite interesting to see Alan's reaction to it because he could tell it was going on, but he didn't want to say yeah, <laughs> what, oh, really? what you thought was happening. So. <laughs> what, so you're just like just passive aggressively slating this other person. Yeah, in. yeah, and it's like, what would you suggest to someone that's creating plans that are just PDFs for everybody? <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think? What do you think, Alan? If if someone said that this someone was doing this thing, what would you say to to them? It was actually, <laughs> for example, if if they were sitting in the third row. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hypothetically speaking, there's, well, a, there's a guy who Yusuf mentioned on a previous podcast who we still will not name, but he sent us it. He was actually at this conference, and we never met him before. Do you know what I'm talking about, Yusuf? I think so. Yeah, we'd never met him before, and he basically had previously, just leading up to that, had sent us an email about this free download we'd we'd made, and the email basically said, "Hi guys, um, I downloaded this thing you you put together. I was." almost about to make exactly the same thing like i was just about to make it can i just use yours and put my logo on it <laughs> Come on, mate. Like, and then we like <laughs> we saw him at this thing and you're like yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> but yeah the, those those conferences that they're good but they're they're a weird like yeah yeah it's yeah. great actually because um i you know the book green mile by stephen king um, yeah bestseller made into a film and everything i i actually before i saw the film i, I had a dream of exactly the same thing so i sent stephen king a message just saying hey stephen I, I know you're kind of you've written this book and it's ready for publication but it was kind of my idea so can i <laughs> can i just put my green mile the, the latest is that the current film the second film you've seen <laughs> <is> <laughs> <Green> <laughs> 1995 <laughs> so I, I think one of the interesting or the most transferable lesson from that because there'll probably be people listening thinking like bloody hell i can't code i'm i can't make a, a coaching bot um and i'm just trying to you know get a footing in an online coaching what do i do but it seems like really the meta skill here is that you're always looking to expand your skills always learning always um trying to basically pull together these these disparate skills that you do have into something that um that you can then create and make your own and 
so whether it is coding or whether it's i think things like design photography um even using yourself as a personal brand which which i think you've done like there's a lot of um a lot of the model shots that you've you've used for that too the ultimately i guess it's creating a cocktail of your set of skills and turning that into your personal brand and having faith that there will be people in the market that will really resonate with that absolutely yeah and i think you just you just got to, what what i did when i when i moved away from the gym i think it was almost felt like i like, had the carpet pulled out from under my feet initially because when i realized i wasn't enjoying it and this could potentially be the rest of my life i thought well what am i going to start doing um so i had to sit down and think about what i was good at and what i'd like to be good at um and the things that that i would like to achieve I and mean, well, the things that I, I wanted to achieve did seem kind of quite far away so i decided just to spend 30 minutes every day just working on things so the really basic things i started working on are like things like canva just getting better at designing on canva and also like the coding and things like that you've mentioned um and doing videos and stuff for fitness so i just i just practiced and practiced just 30 minutes a day but just repeating it on a regular basis um and the python i mean it, it becomes quite fun once you get to a point where you're comfortable with it and you can make basic stuff you can make games and things like that and there's communities where you can download um, download code and incorporate to yours which can add to it it's just it gets a lot more fun so when you're in the communities of the groups of things you're you're learning it it becomes a lot easier so if you can just dedicate a little bit of time to it like i say it was just 30 minutes a day you'll you'll be rolling this is a very bodybuilder's mindset and like you don't get to the size that you are by accident so i think this uh, this is a, a sign of your kind of mindset where you're like i'm just going to take a simple thing of a system that i know works and just do it for 30 minutes a day yeah, <laughs> and it's exactly quite a that. it's not a very sexy thing but it's exactly what gets the results yeah exactly that and i think I mean, it's funny you should say that because that's how i started training initially i was just doing 10 10 press-ups and 10 pull-ups a day and that's how i started building it up but i think once you've you've got into that routine and you've got that consistent flow and you build up the momentum it, it it just becomes normal um and so it's it's a lot less scary when you're when you're in the flow of it see that that's a huge lesson i guess that you because as a trainer or as a coach often um you've got to where you are because you've got a very high boredom tolerance clearly now a lot of your clients won't always have that and i suppose the job of the coach is to make it interesting or make it attractive for them to come on board with that and that's one of the problems that a client might might be facing so um but from as a business owner you've got to just suck it up buttercup haven't you and just kind of do the things that are hard consistently um yeah and it's so interesting that we're, we're always coming full circle round to this stuff where it's like all of these new marketing strategies and funnels and all there's always shiny what's it called like flashing lights and shiny object syndrome in the marketing world as much as there is in the fitness world but at the end of the day the basics applied consistently still always trump absolutely and it, i mean I, i'm very open to say that i've been hit by the, the shiny object syndrome quite a few times however what i have found is that the the foundations of what i've always been attracted to have always been the same and when i when i put it down in front of me and, and written Written down what I actually had done, whether it was e-commerce, whether it was the the pot, whether it was the gym. There's always the fundamentals of having the emails in place, having all the systems in place, um, which is why coming coming around to your guys' course is, is why I was so driven by it because I thought, well, I've, I've got my Instagram, but I, I can't see Instagram being something that I can just um, increase or decrease um, 
inquiries on. So when you guys mentioned that you had this this system where it could increase it, I was thinking, well, this is me all over. Um, and I think that's probably why it's, it's worked so well for me. So I think some people see uh, propane business as this like dark room that Yusuf and I have that we, we like invite people in to the dark room, shut the door, 12 weeks goes by, we let them out of the dark room and they're like, yeah, I really liked it. I've got some clients and stuff like that, but they don't really know what happens in the dark room and we don't talk about what happens in the dark room. <laughs> so for someone who's been with us in the dark room yeah. for a while, without talking about all of the secrets of the dark room, what, what, what's your experience been like of the program? What have you learned? What have you gained from it? Well, firstly, I've, I was really impressed with the process of it because I think with, and I mentioned this to you, John, initially was my concern with these courses is, is the amount of overwhelm you get hit with sometimes and you just get hit with all this stuff. And I know that some of my clients in the past have, have felt like this when they've, they've taken on my systems. So I was quite concerned that I'd just be hit, hit with all these different tasks that I needed to do. But the way it worked out was you just got drip fed to me and it, it worked out okay. And there's obviously a lot of stuff that I'd already done. So I could sift through the stuff that I'd already done quite nicely and then move on to the bits that I'd learned. And then go back to areas that I feel, feel like I needed to, to expand on it. But what's really helped me is is the process of explaining the systems, um, emails especially, and how, and how I can use the... The, the challenges and the people that don't necessarily start up as clients um, carry on in, in my flow of emails. So yeah, it's, it's been really good. It's been really good. I think being, I mean, going back to, to my early days, I always thought an online, a good online coach was someone that's, that's very educated and has all the transformations. I mean, that is still the case, but you do need to be able to, to sell and, and retain clients as well. So mm having those systems in place is really important. And you mentioned you heard me talk about the, so for anyone who's watched like our free training or our webinar, I talk about three to 5%. As this, like, I suppose what we teach, I think the fundamentals of what we teach is this process that allows you to take someone who's a complete stranger and try and move them towards becoming a client in the shortest period of time that's reasonable, right? Because that's, if you look across the online world, that's what most coaches are missing is something like that. So we use a 14 day challenge, Three to five percent is the is the target, and your conversion is ten percent. So, I'll I'll, I'll um, explain how it's worked. So, when I joined the the the, the course, <laughs> you should enjoy laughing at me here because apparently this is really good. <laughs> so, I, I set up some groups in my local area just to help with fitness and things like that. So, I've, I've got four different ones, um, and I've, I've separated them into different age groups. So, um, two. Uh, Two are women's, younger and older, and then two are men, younger and older. Um, and I've been posting them regularly since like 2016, just doing videos, providing content, things that have changed in the area, um, whether it's gyms that have opened or new, new machines that I've seen in a certain gym that might help someone, just providing like regular updates and stuff like that. And they've now got a little bit of a community going in there. Um, so when I learned about the method that you guys teach, which is moving people into the groups. I just did a live in those groups and said, look, I'm running 14 day challenge here. Um, one was like a, a muscle gain challenge and one was a fat loss challenge. Um, and so I moved them all across to a, a different group. And then when they're in that group, it was, it just ran so well. It's been, it's been really good. And I guess, I mean, I, I don't know if the 10% is a little bit higher because those, those people that moved into the group were, potentially already warm they knew who i was before they went into the group who knows but it just seems like such a such a good system to have in place 
Well, I mean, it's double the maximum of the range we aim for. So, yeah, it's slightly, slightly high. That's <laughs> all right. You know, it's being high, that, uh, it's fine for, to, to convert more sales. Yeah. That's absolutely fine. If that's, that's how you want to run things. You've got to make sure you've got the systems in place to take that many people on. Of course, yeah. That, that's a huge thing. Because, and, and I, I think part of the reason that you converted so well is that you apply, I mean, it, it's, it's a sales mechanism, it's a process that works, but you have to obviously apply it into a business that... Um, that is offering a service and if you're if it's a good business and it's already well run or you're already a, a good coach it's going to be the amplifier for that it's going to it's going to be a multiplier and so if you apply that system to a shit coach they will actually make some sales but the problem then becomes the delivery and if someone is a shit coach and they have a great sales process exactly as you said they're going to end up taking on loads of clients but not being able to actually deliver the result to them and they and a lot of these kind of business six-figure fit pro programs only focus on the sales component and it can end up with a lot of unhappy clients or a lot of um, overworked coaches because they've suddenly got loads of sales but they don't have any system to actually cater for all these new people that they've taken on Um, it's like how to make your very own fire festival isn't it yeah literally that (laughs) yeah and you've got your water stuck at customs, and you've got to send the guy. And yeah. yeah, and then it all goes pear shaped. <laughs> you have to go and then like offer to have sex with the man who's delivering the water, so that absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you think if only I'd gone and just worked with Johnny and Yusuf instead of this guy, and exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy some of the stuff you see people selling now. Like, I mean, a lot of these online coaches at the moment are, are forcing uh, people to be constantly pushing on on instagram and i get how that that's that's will help you but it just doesn't seem to be scalable and mm-hmm. I, you look at all the the stuff they're advising and it's just like talking about taking on board high ticket clients and then just thinking about how much time you've got to spend on the phone with those people and you're just like nah well the, this is something that you've been obviously from the initial decision to go from gym owner to to online coach it's been a lifestyle decision um how has that kind of guided your actions and, and, and also how your day looks like now in terms of lifestyle improvement? So I, th- I think in terms of actions, I mean, one of the biggest things that I would have, would have learned from, from running the gym is, is people skills. And wh- when I run these groups, I, some of the people always say, um, it's like having my best friend on camera. So <laughs> I think like having someone just there that you can chat with and just having a laugh with makes it a lot easier for you. But in, ter- in terms of schedule and stuff like, I mean, my schedule when I was running the gym was just an absolute nightmare because you'd have to be at the gym at 5.30, you'd probably leave at 10 at night, maybe later. Um, so I didn't really have anything in the way of routine, um, which is why I kind of wanted to move away from it and actually structure my life. So now um, most of my days, so I, I wake up, do my standard morning routine. I'll spend a few hours um, doing the the essential, ex- well, essential work and stuff. So the stuff that's top of the list, um, and then I'll go train or, or have a break or whatever, go walk the dog, then come back and I'll do two or three hours of, of like getting stuff ready for systems, whether it's emails and things like that. Um, so yeah, my days now are just much more controllable and it just seems to be, I mean, tomorrow I'm, I'm going on holiday and I'll, I'll take my laptop with me, but I'll just be able to get up and do an hour in the morning and I'll be okay for the rest of the day. So it's, I think it's, it's really nice to have control back of your life as well because like I mentioned earlier, if I have someone that now on boards, they'll they'll pay the money and they will be then taken through an onboarding process without actually having me there. 
Um, obviously, if I want to intervene and have a coaching call with them, then I can do. But I know that I've got these systems to fall back on if I don't or I'm elsewhere at the time. So that's really nice to have in place. It's it's really, I think, very few people, or at least I hear very few people talking about the the daily reality of this stuff that isn't like oh, I was busy, busy PT, and then suddenly I'm in Bali and everything's brilliant and I don't do any work. It's like, well, what about the in-between where you just get to kind of work on stuff you like doing at, at home and it's yeah. just nice and relaxing? Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. I mean, you're similar to me, Johnny, because you've, you've got a dog, so we've got a family dog. Well, it's my parents' dog, really, but I walk her quite often. But I think the one time where I realised that, especially in lockdown, where I realised that things were getting a lot better was when I was walking my dog a lot more. I was thinking, I've now got more free time to actually just go out and just do something. I listen to a podcast or do something to myself. Where before, I'd be rushing around or yeah. I'd, be, I'd be thinking about what I've got to do next. My diary would literally just be like hour, 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 all blocked out and I wouldn't have any time at all. Whereas now I've got a bit more time to think and, and to evaluate what I want to do. Time to think's a big one, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like just being able to sit and sort of look at things from a, you know, a zoom out and think, where might I be in a year or three years or five years? And when you're just in kind of client, 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 appointments, appointments, quick lunch, train myself, then client, 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 then it's 10 p.m. Um, you don't really get that aside from no. you're not completely not working and trying not to think about work. A lot Absolutely. of um, kind of Silicon Valley strategist um, coach people are always saying that creativity is one of the biggest attributes in in success and it's kind of it's quite underrated as well because people always think it's a bit of a kind of fluffy personal attribute but it's the first thing to go isn't it when you when you've got a full schedule and all you can think about is like what you what you got to do for the next two hours and it just or even the next two minutes and you're just being blasted from from all fronts absolutely i think one of the issues i had with coaching was that when i was so busy when I first, on my, first started doing online coaching, I just had Excel spreadsheets and it was just real basic. Like there was nothing that really there that would work as a system. And so when I was so busy, I'd go, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I just fall back on my old, old systems and I'd get in a rut and I'd, I'd really struggle to get out of it. And I'm sure this is a concern for a lot of other online coaches is I couldn't see myself running this business when I was 40. And I was thinking, well, what am I going to be doing at that point? So what I've now got in place is a system, well, actual business, because before I was, I was the actual, the, the jobs, it was a job. So I think now I've got that in place. It's just really nice to know that I could be running this and potentially other businesses as well. Um, that is awesome. I'm older. One yeah. of the biggest temptations to wake up and even though you know that you've got some really high yield stuff that you could be doing that, you know, in the quadrant of urgency and importance and then, um, and you end up doing the urgent, not important stuff and just getting stuck there rather than the stuff that's not urgent but important and actually will improve the speed of the ship long term. But we end up being like, oh, I'll do that later. I'll just answer these emails and I'll just, oh, I need to just quickly get. Yeah. And then every day becomes that. Three months later, six months later, you've actually not moved the business forward at all. You've just been um, playing whack-a-mole and it's a horrible feeling. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, I'm in a really good place at the moment. I think, I think, Obviously, lockdown gave me a lot more time to, to sit back and, and concentrate on what I wanted to achieve. And that's when, obviously, you started with you guys. So it's been a, a really good period in my life. So is you say you're going on holiday tomorrow? Yeah. Is that going to be your first experience of kind of running things as they are 
yeah. while trying to balance a holiday. Yeah, I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I've, I've been, I've just, I've just started taking, um, using True Coach more. I was, I, I was using it for a little while. I was, I was like, do I transition away from Google Sheets or do I use True Coach? And I, I, I put the feelers out with my clients and to see what they prefer. So I'm now in the, the, the grey area where I'm transitioning across. So that's, oh, that's more what I'm scared about, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is something that Yusuf and I, I, I think, still haven't quite cracked. But it's it's a problem that, like, I, I don't think there's anyone I speak to who works in a nine-to-five job or, like, a job who can empathize with the situation of, it's not, the problem is not that I, I'm annoyed that I'm working on holiday. It's like, how do I squeeze in work while mm-hmm. still being, like, I still want to do the things that I'm doing. Yeah. So you end up, like, I know Yusuf and I get up at, like, it's a bit more extreme than me in some cases but we get up early and like squeeze work in at the start of the day because that's when i know if i get up and do these things then i can shut my laptop and relax yeah sure it's that feeling of yeah i think just making progress is the thing i think that's my concern as well because i've spent so long well struggling and then having this in place and the last 12 weeks for you guys have just been progress after progress after progress it's been a period where everything I've put in place has then worked. Whereas now I'm going on holiday and it's going to be a phase where I'm not going to be working as hard or not going to be creating something new. So it's going to be, it's going to be a strange, strange period for me. I I spent last week just um, writing lots of emails and and creating lots of PDFs for, for for questions that I'm expecting to get. So I can just go dumb. The, I think the only way I found to still feel like you're making progress and like sneak in a bit of work is I, I like listen to audiobooks or courses and stuff like that while I'm sunbathing and yeah. relaxing. That's um, a good idea, you, actually. Uh, you know, making notes on the side. But I think that's the only way. It's just I, I, pretty much everyone I know who kind of runs their own business or is doing something like this has this same feeling of just lying down in the sun while it's supposed to be relaxing. Like if anything, which might just make me weird, but what's more fun is like making loads of progress with your business. Yeah, in a absolutely. way, <laughs> yeah. <is> weird. <laughs> but you know, there's got to be some balance somewhere, right? Like you've got to, you do have to take some time off as well. Yeah, and I mean, it's, I mean, I've, I've paid for the holiday, so mm, it's um, at the end of lockdown, so it's, it's a much nicer holiday than I would normally not go on. So, I guess you <laughs> thank you guys for that. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to hear, love. Awesome. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I do think you need you need a proper on switch and proper off switch, and I think dancing between the two means that neither of the switches work particularly well. So, mm-hmm. um, what was that, Johnny? The dimmer rather than a, the, I've yeah. got a switch. <laughs> Have you got any advice for new coaches, um, stepping into, into online coaching, particularly if they've coming from the situation that you're in where they're maybe running a, a gym, they're working at a gym or they've, they've set up like a, a boutique kind of place, but they're realizing that, it's it's also become a grave that they've dug for themselves. Um, I think the first thing I would advise is read E-Myth or E-Myth Revisited because that that book changed changed my life. And then look at um, areas where you could potentially waste your time. Like if they were still running a gym, for example, one of the biggest game changers for me was just getting a cleanup. So it's just understanding that you the things that you don't need to be doing that will save you more time. And then if they're looking to transition online, then think about systems that you're going to have in play 
um, maybe before you start taking on board too many people. I mean, obviously you're going to have to dip your feet in uh, the actual coaching and make sure you, you're understanding what you're, what you're going to be coaching people on, but predict that you're going to be at a stage where your life is going to be very busy. And so you want to prepare for that and have, a th- have things in place to, to correct that and ensure that you can stay on track and that your clients can stay on track as well. So have, have some future proofing in what you're doing. Um, outsource the things that you don't need to be doing yourself and read the e-myth. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think finally just don't rely on, on one form of, of it's social media. I mean, we've just seen the news about TikTok. So we now know that things can go down pretty quickly whether it's what's happening with tiktok i, I, I feel know, like yeah, me and johnny no, are no. under a rock Either oh, right. any idea <laughs> so um donald trump has announced i'm not sure if it's still happening i think microsoft might be buying it but donald trump announced that he wanted to ban tiktok in in the u.s um so a lot of people in the u.s is chinese isn't it he hates the chinese exactly so a lot of people that have built up businesses or, or large followings in the u.s have, have been cacking it because they're thinking well have I, wasted, have I wasted the whole of lockdown making videos of Kim Kardashian and <laughs> the, the Macarena yeah. and stuff and then yeah bloody so, hell yeah, he's desperate to build a, a propane TikTok but I keep just not letting him <laughs> I'm like Johnny I've got so many choreogra- choreographies to, to be able to post and he's like no no Yusuf you can't I'm like oh please um, but it's interesting what you said there about the future proofing and the e-myth and and cleaning because they are all things that I think have a very one way blindness with. You only see the benefit of it in hindsight. So before I read the e-myth, it just wasn't information. It wasn't a mental model available to me. And after reading it, it just seems so obvious. You look back and you're like, well, well, yeah, of course this is the case. Same with the cleaning as well. well, Cause you know, you, you're running a gym and you think, oh, well, I've got to clean it, but I can't hire someone because that costs money and, you know, I'm supposed to be making money, so I can't be spent. And then it's only when you get one, you're like, oh, opportunity cost. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, was, I was reading emails today. I can't remember who it's from. I, I get lots of emails from people in the industry, but they're, they're, it's, they're mentioning to me about um, how people request um, for burglar alarms to be installed after they've been burgled. <laughs> Yeah. No no one asked for a burglar to be installed before they're burgled, it's always after. Mm. So so make sure that you're uh you've got your burglar arm in place before you get your clients. We were saying this about uh Black Swan by Nassim Taleb the other day, where he said if on September the tenth, two thousand one, someone was like, Guys, I think we need to lock down all the cockpits of all planes and really just double down on airport security, people would be like, mate, like, calm down, it's fine be that same guy says it on september the 12th and he's considered some like pioneer yeah it's crazy isn't it crazy we, we about this with eric helms actually and he's that he's he's the only person i've heard speak about it in 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 the online coaching way of like planning for success before it happens because so many people are just like i need to figure out my marketing i need clients i need leads and never th- consider what might happen if the marketing actually works yeah. and then you've got it's fire festival again yeah it really is isn't it <laughs> what was it the thing you know so it's like i think getting having the the burglar alarm equivalent with the online side of things being ready for the fact well if i get 20 clients is that just gonna knack my holiday yeah. or my weekends or but it, it's hard to think like, like that isn't it as, as you said says it's without unless you're in that situation 
you think, well, that'll never happen. It's because like you only see the immediate problem. So you think, well, currently I've got a sales problem. So mm. I can't even imagine having a fulfillment problem. But then what if you follow a sales process that works and suddenly you've now got more sales than you can handle? Now you have got a fulfillment problem and you've not prepared for it at all. <laughs> yeah. And this is exactly the reason why I've almost been a little bit scared of ads because I'm thinking, well, if, if my groups have done okay, I'm at a point where cause I've kind of grown with the course and I've adapted things and I'm still adapting a little bit now, but I don't want to get to a point where I'm like, I, I can't do this. <laughs> this is too much. So mm. I definitely need to continue expanding before I, I can start pushing those those I think. I, th- I think that is, is also kind of a a byproduct of something that you I know Yusuf and I struggle with a long time which is kind of the cleaner thing which is like at some stage you you can't just hold on to, to cash and time and hope that things just happen like at some yeah. point you've got to be like right I'm gonna invest in that thing yeah pray that it works and then, uh, and then you as a result of that you're like all right I'm here now yeah but I would have never got there without that yeah. And like right, so when I put when I use my money and my time and do this with it, then suddenly I level up massively. And the same thing happens with ads or like changing software, hiring consultants, hiring people. You know, all these things seem like a massive risk at the time, but it is that thing of spending money to make money, isn't it? it seems completely irrational. No one wants to do it. Yeah. And only once you've done it, you're like, that was the right thing. I wish I'd done that sooner. Yeah, I suppose exactly. that part of the fear is that because it it we kind of know unconsciously that it will eliminate all of the problems at this level but it's going to produce a bunch of problems at this level that we've not considered before and so the problems of success are a whole new layer of stuff that then has its own issues and we hold on to what's familiar even if it's like oh well i'm turning over a couple of hundred quid and it's not but Mm -hmm. actually like if you were to blast through that you'd now be at a new level of growth that you then have to really adapt to quite quickly yeah exactly that. i think I'm, I'm definitely gonna take that step next and i just prepare for it um in a way where i know that i can i can take them aboard and, and control it because at the moment i think with with this fear of transitioning to, to true coach i'm just at a place where i'm like do i want to use it do i not so i think once i've got full grips of it and i can understand how i can onboard clients because it's where well, i was using um something called zapier before i don't know if you guys have heard of it yeah where you everything's just a little more automated and i was using it with my google sheets so i think just kind of work like magic whereas with true coach it's a third-party service so my concern is something goes wrong there then i've got a lot of people that are out i i'm really excited about the future of these apps um currently from surveying them i i'm not convinced that there's a real market leader that's emerged from any of them i think they're all very similar but um, are we still there? Yeah, I yeah. think they're all they're all similar. They all have very kind of similar features, but there's not quite one that's gonna that's showing itself to be the the winner just yet. But I think probably within the next eighteen months, we'll start to see a real clear um, one that's best for clients and best for coaches. Yeah, I think for me at the moment, I'm just going one that seems to have the best UX. So like, it just seems like True Coach seems to be the best for for users. It's so so easy in terms of how they can do their sessions and stuff whereas a lot of the others seem to be a bit more click clunk um they might have more stuff on board but true coach for me seems to be the friendliest at the moment i think all these decisions seem huge from like the business owner perspective like we've made we've had to make so many of these decisions on like changing pricing or you know even like the email provider we use and all these sorts of things and you think god this is a this is an irrecoverable decision i'll never be able to get back to where i was like what if all my clients lose access but like generally people are pretty understanding 
like clients are all right if you make a change it doesn't go that well or like in our case if you send an email with a subject line kiss without any content in it and you know pe- pe- generally people are fine about it but it yeah. feels huge from because it's your world right it's a tiny yeah, absolutely. absolutely if the mental model is like for decisions which have permanent consequences take a bit more time before you make them for decisions that have reversible consequences just make them quickly and figure yeah. out what happens let things yeah. have the cards fall where they do yeah move fast and break things there we go unless it's permanent <laughs> consequences yeah <laughs> well nick this um this has been fantastic some really good insights into this and it's so good to see the the lessons and stuff that have come out of this and seeing how your workflow and how you've been able to balance like literally running a software business and and coaching kind of pulling together all these skills um and yeah how can we find out more about you so um you best place for me is is probably either twitter or instagram and it's walshy nick so walsh why nick and follow me there and then if you want to um come on board just go through my link tree so yeah cool we will put the link in the description excellent thank you guys thanks for having me on thank you enjoy your holiday thanks mate enjoy speak soon want to learn more about the systems we use to run build and scale propanefitness.com head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build propane fitness we walk through the sales systems the delivery systems follow-up remarketing how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24 7 we really do cover the full thing right and if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.